Welcome to House Million. This episode is titled Love and Demons. To be completely honest with you, I don't really have any source material for you. I like being honest. And to be completely honest, I haven't really been doing much of anything lately. I think I'm still kind of exhaling. Part of me is in celebration. The other part of me is still, like, in the trenches, I guess. What exactly do I mean? Um, well, I mean, this time last year, we were homeless. In my testimony, it was just, it was just, it was a series of events of me just being ignorant, trusting the wrong people, trying to be too good in a bad situation, lots of mistakes that I learned the hard way. You know, trust and things that that were value, and also I saw a lot happen in politics and in the government that kind of forced me to start this podcast. You know, the George Floyd thing was kind of how this all started for me. Because I saw a situation that was being handled completely wrong and there was a lot of commentary that was completely wrong and there was a lot of the trial that was completely wrong. And from then all the way to now, I'm just extremely grateful. And I give thanks to God for all of it. I have to. There's just no other way. Because to be completely honest with you, when I was in the homeless shelter, just before, you know, like this time last year, and even before that, when I was bouncing around from place to place with my kid, I, I didn't really think much about the future. I was just engrossed in the here and now. And I, I'm one of those people that I'm guilty of being too present. But I've learned so much. I guess I, I, could, I have to give Jordan Peterson thanks for that because he really did resonate something in me when he used to talk about life being an adventure and games and seeking out the dragon and confronting life forthrightly. Because it had been something that I've been doing for years whilst afraid and feeling and physically being totally alone. Not knowing how to communicate, not knowing how to speak my being forward, not knowing how to articulate my words, not knowing how to to manage my emotions and my feelings and the direction of my life. I, I didn't know 
the value of honest love or, or, or trust or truth. Or how to balance those things. How to manage a healthy relationship, a friendship. And, and I was always blessed with the good sense that whenever things weren't going right, that I would stop and I would pray or I would ask for help or I would throw up my hands and just stop trying. When the battle just began to seem untenable, I've always known when to, when to run. And I guess that's the benefit of being born a coward is that I always knew when to run, when to get the hell out of there. When the, to ignore the invite. I guess it's the reason why I've always avoided the, 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 the thunderstorms that usually hit most people. I was always getting hit by the strays. But going through life the hard way, I've learned so much. And, and part of the reason why I, I share these is because I know that there are more people out there that are at their wit's end with a lot of shit. And I will be completely honest with you. I haven't really been studying or reading or praying nowhere near as much as I do. But the type of person that I am, I'm in a constant state of prayer. Because it's always kind of just been me. So I talk to myself a lot. But a lot of the times, even when I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to God. I know that might sound blasphemous to some, but to others, they might get it. I I just, I see things so differently now. Just, I see everything so differently now that it's it's kind of hard to articulate it, and I'm going to try. And it's going to sound like venting, but believe me, there's a point. And a lot of it has come to the head in, 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 the reflections that I've been having lately about raising my kid, about how our whole dynamic has changed. Because something had to be done. I had to... There was something that I had decided even before I started this podcast was that something had to be done. Not just with me, because I saw the same problem everywhere. And I... I was starting to notice an apathy growing inside of my heart that mirrored others, and I would see other people have the same type of apathy towards other people's pain and plight, and it just bothered me. That type of reaction to other people's problems always bothered me because of how I grew up and the hypocrisy of my home. I'd, I'd spend a lifetime around people who said one thing and did another while damning me for not behaving like them, not knowing how to keep up in the game. We were always playing Monopoly. And I hate that fucking game. Because I suck at it. Just like catching fish, I suck at that too. Because I'm not patient. Back then, especially when I was a young little 
honest Neanderthal, I, I, I didn't know how to play games. I didn't know how to cheat or how to lie or how to make a convincing bluff for shit. I just, I, I didn't know. And so I was always praying to those who did. My story, of course, bears that out. I've always been praying to those who knew more than me. When you have a kid, I don't know, something just switches. And you become very intelligent on things that, by yourself, you wouldn't normally have been. Like, how to build strong defenses. You start to want to learn. Especially when you have a child that you care deeply for. Because there's a big difference, as I've learned, between having children and having children you care for. Anybody can have children. Monkeys can have children. But treating a child with love and respect is a completely different thing. In fact, we say these things like it's, you know, flippantly like it's nothing, like it doesn't mean anything. Like it's just a matter of fact thing. Like it's just what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to love and respect kids. Yeah. Sure as fuck don't seem like it. Especially when you live in a world where every day someone's talking about what they believe a child should be or should do. I found myself getting caught up in that with my kid until the reality that she was just like me that she had ADHD just like I did that she was slightly dyslexic just like I am and the only reason why I found these things out is because I was forced into a situation because of my own actions and my own choices to where I had no choice but to raise her alone And if I had been in a relationship still, I probably would have never found these things out. I probably would have gone along with whatever someone else had said. And I am honest enough with myself that I can say that out loud and not feel ashamed because I didn't know any better. Because I was parenting off of a script that I had seen before. I never decided for myself that I was going to lead my ship. That was the reason why so many were jumping. A lot of people jump ship when you're not really captaining, you know, captaining it or pilot. I don't know how how you word it. Sailing it. There you go. (laughs) And I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was like most people, I was blindly just going with the flow. I was doing what people expected of me. I was doing what seemed right at the time. I was, whilst having ulterior motives and basically just hoping at the end of the day that God would bless my mess or life or the universe or what have you. The thing is, 
is that in my heart of hearts, I still knew that there was a problem with the world and with people and with the church and with these demons that were never going to die and these false doctrines and these false systems. They were always still there. I learned about them. I had studied those for a long time. I've told you all, you know, I started out like looking into the occult. I started out looking into um, CERN and the Super Collider and, you know, the government fucking with the weather and making their own damn clouds and chemtrails and all that shit. Flat Earth. I've spent the majority of I guess my young man years like just digesting all of that BS wishing to God I got into Bitcoin when I first heard about it after that stupid 3D uh, gun printing fiasco man that, that, was, that was those were good times man and I was I was an idiot I felt like an idiot back then because I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to get into that shit for one, I didn't have a computer, nor could afford one at the time, and it was that was a lot. And now it's like so freaking easy, you know. And it was like it's like that that movie, that band movie. It's my favorite movie called They Live. You know, you put on those special glasses. And you see the world for what it really is. And you see people for who they really are. It's just, you can't take those fucking things off. It just, it don't work. You can try to live a normal life. You can go back to drinking and partying. You can you can get a new set of friends. You can move, switch locations. But once you see the underside of this rug, you just... You know what it really is. It's ugly and it's messy and it's nasty and there's fucked up shit going on. And then you hear a story and it rekindles your 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 fire for setting things right, you know? I feel like a lot of men are like that right now. It's like we just, we want to care, but you look around and you see so much stupid and it's just like, Care for what? I know that it's it's easy to want to be numb, to numb yourself. We live in a society where we're always teaching each other to numb the pain away. And so we find things to digest and to entertain ourselves with. I, I ain't gonna lie, I've been watching shit tons of anime. I've just just to kind of like numb my inner raging frustration with everything. Because, you know, by all, by all accounts, I'm living, I'm living my best life right now. I'm good. Me and my kid are good. We're in our own place. We're in our own space. We have our own time frames. We have a great relationship. A lot of it having to do with this newfound awareness that I have and understanding and empathy. But a lot of it is just, I I can't say anything else, but it be God. 
And uh, I'm incredibly grateful. But the lessons were learned and they were learned hard and so they stick with me and I can't forget them. And so I, when I, every time I hop on social media, my algorithm is pretty much wired on all of my social media platforms to just constantly, you know, fish knowledge to me. And I see shit and I'm always seeing shit and I want to talk about parenting for just a second. We we say we love kids. We really do. But we're, we're setting them up for failure in the regards that I don't see too many people telling parents that it's their responsibility to raise their kids. Like in earnest. Like, I know that it's a given, and we act like it's a given, but I'm I'm dead fucking serious. It's your responsibility to raise your damn kids. It's your responsibility that they know their ABCs. It's your responsibility that they know their math. It's your responsibility that they know how to function in the world. Whether it, whether it be street smarts or, or, or how to to freaking load a Glock. I don't give a damn. It's your responsibility that your children understand emotional regulation, how to control their emotions, how to manage their feelings. All that shit is your responsibility. I know that we like to that we like to to sublet shit out. We always we're always doing that. We're always trying to employ someone else to uh to 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 fix our shit. I posted something on Instagram that got like a shit ton of freaking likes <laughs> uh, about uh, this comedian. You know, it was, I just did a remix of it. It was a real. And this comedian, I can't remember his name, but he was he was saying how he believes that eighty percent of relationships are ho- uh, relationships are horseshit. It's just a whole bunch of people who never learned how to be by themselves and be in their own space, and love themselves and so they they just contracted that shit out to somebody else to do it and you see that in relationships you see these frustrated people guys mostly that I see I, I, I as women women usually they, they take that those issues up with other women but the men that I talk to that are married the majority of them are always saying the same thing it's like this this broad's freaking crazy I don't know who the hell she thinks she is. She's always saying crazy shit to me, like I don't pay for every goddamn thing. Like, like, like it's lots of ingratitude, lots of frustrated BS and stuff, and and pissing and moaning and complaining, not realizing that the and and both parties are guilty of this shit. In fact, I think we're all guilty of this shit when it comes to relationships. Is that we we're we're just we're just playing childish games here. A lot of this has to do with sex. The procurement of sex and who holds all the cards in that area. And women have just become extremely selective on who gets it, how and when. That's really what all of this relationship shit boils down to. And the men aren't happy about it and are extremely frustrated by it. And the women are having a lot of fun, but at the same time are frustrated that the men don't want to play their game. And or games, because there's lots of them going on. And 
Lots of men have decided, like myself, to completely abstain from playing altogether and just focus on getting that bag. And there's even been, there, there's even people taking issue with that. And so I'm, I'm going to speak on that as a Christian and as, as someone that, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm more of the liberty in Christ variety. I don't believe it's anyone's right to tell anyone what they should be doing with their body. Because the way I see it, if you want to if you want to burn for what you do, do it. You know, like it's your right. It's your God-given right to live your life how you see fit. You want to be Dharma, be Dharma. You know, you'll suffer the consequences when we find you, find out, or whatever. When God finds you and finds out one way or another, you will get yours. Everyone gets what they deserve in this world. No one gets away with anything. You really don't. I, if there's one thing that I've learned for a fucking fact, with literally everyone that has ever screwed me over, they are all suffering right now or have suffered greatly while I'm still walking in peace and in safety. You know, being what it was and having the, the hard two years that I had, I never starved. I was never... Uh, uh, stuck out in the rain or in the cold and hungry I was I, I always found a way I always had a way out because I was willing to work and I believe in this world if you're willing to do the work you will always be okay and the thing that I've always seen is that people who refuse to do the work and want to skirt cut corners you know the people who like to to, to fuck their friends over to get ahead you know those people they have horrible falls they always do. They have horrible falls, horrible ends, sad, pitiful existences, and, and and it's all their fault. And they usually push everybody away from them. And these usually are people that at some point had everyone around them. They were the talk of the town. They just got it unhonorably. And they usually go out of their way to take apart guys like me, guys that are honest and forthright. We don't take no bullshit. We just want to be left alone. We just want to handle our shit. We just want to take care of our families. We just want to eat good food, sleep in a bed, and enjoy life. There's a lot of men like that. There's a lot. A lot of honest, hardworking guys. I meet those guys all the time. Whenever women are talking about where all the good guys are at, they're the guys doing all of the shit that you don't want to do. That's where all the good guys are. Those are the guys putting groceries in bags. Those are the guys putting boxes on shelves. They're the guys, you know, managing stupid-ass grocery stores with shit-ass owners. They're, they're the guys working long hours with zero thanks or appreciation, not even from their damn kids. So, like, yeah. But see, the thing is, though, is to get back to my point about parenting is that the reason why everything is devolving the way that it is is because no one's teaching anyone anything. That's why I always laugh at people when they tell me, like, well, why do you do the podcast? And then, which, that's like a, a, a 1% question. The majority of reaction that I get when, when I tell people that I have a podcast or they find out that I have one, it's like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know you had a podcast. Like, what's it about? Like, I always get that reaction. I rarely do I get the, like, why are you even, like, this is pointless. Like, I, I rarely, if ever, get that reaction. It's always the first one of, like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, what is it called? Let me check it out. But that's because I've always had something decent to freaking say. 
Being an introvert. Mm. I spent a long time being quiet. I spent a shit ton of my life being quiet. In fact, half my damn problems, you know, <laughs> in the beginning of my life was, was the fact that when I had the opportunity to, to say something or should have said something, I didn't say anything at all. I just went along with what the hell was going on in the moment because I didn't know any better and I was afraid. And encouraging others to do that is nothing for me. To stand up for themselves, to speak their being forward, to stop being so damn quiet. But like I said, like no one's teaching anyone anything. And I've devoted ever since I've gotten my daughter from her mom and, and, and gotten her in safety and and started raising her and realizing that I'm not fucking perfect and that I could be a complete fucking jerk sometimes and teaching my kid to not always trust every damn thing I say because sometimes I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Giving my daughter the freedom to rebuttal and veto sometimes. You know, you know if, if she feels like the situation is unfair, is it has gotten us to a place of learning to where my kid is always learning now like to a frightening fucking degree her conversation skills are insane her ability to reason communicate all of it to where she can hold her own against adults in a sneaky sense too like man she's like my little spy like she could she just notices things like that that it took me like until I was like a grown ass man to notice about people and how they move. But that's just because she's been watching me do it and I've made it a point to teach her everything I know. You just don't see a lot of that anymore of parents like taking the time to teach their kids everything they know. Like, oh, you see a lot of this, oh, they'll find out. They'll, they'll find out. Find out. You, like, like, you piece of shit. You know, I've always believed this. We, we, used to, we, we always like to talk shit about Nazis. There was something worse than a Nazi. You do realize that, right? There's something way, way worse than a Nazi. A do-nothing motherfucker. A do-nothing motherfucker is ten times worse than a Nazi. A do-nothing motherfucker is, is, is like the sweet, sweet Germans that, that sit back and did absolutely nothing while their friends and countrymen and best friends and people that they drank probably had sex with and, you know, went over for Thanksgiving a few times and probably knew each other at work, stuff like that. You know, like, watched as these people got drug off to hell. Didn't do a damn thing. Just sat back. Just like just just like we have people like that now, like that that sit back and didn't speak up when they knew that all the shit that was going on with COVID was BS. And you still have 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 doctors and nurses right now who know that the whole damn thing is BS, and yet they love their money and they love their job so damn much, and they're trying to come up with every little excuse that they have for 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 Pfizer and these crooked motherfuckers and Fauci and and, uh, and these other bastards in the government that we all know damn well we're trying to use it as an opportunity to, you know, dragnet the rest of us into going along with whatever future ideas or plans that they have, have going. And they're still trying in some places in some countries to, to use COVID 
as a, as a basically a leash for all of us. It's sad that even kids realize that in some way, in some sense, because they've seen it in schools. I'm telling you, man. And so, I can't tell you how many homes I've been in when the kid, where the kids seem more intelligent than the adults about what the fuck is going on. It's scary. It's, it's beyond. It's beyond scary because it seems to me, for what I've seen, just as someone who's lived in middle class society in America and lower class society, and I've lived in the melting pot areas, so I've gotten to hang out with Asians and you know Americanized Africans and Indians and and the sorts, Palestinians. I've 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 seen all types and all sizes. People get Americanized pretty damn quick. The Mexicans are a perfect example of that. I remember a time when Latinos, man, you you never, never in a million years see Latinos get out work. Even when I was in high school, growing up in San Antonio, like, you know, the second generation American kids, you know, they were from Latino families. They they were some hardworking mofos. run circles around this generation uh, of Latino kids now because most of them ain't working and I mean I see them they walk around smoking weed chilling their parents are all like fairly successful the families are fairly successful everybody's got cars and shit and the kids aren't doing a damn thing and it's like it's that American way of life it, it gets to you it gets to the best of us you get up there you get the TVs you get the cars you get your kids watching Nickelodeon and Hulu and life is fucking sweet. You know, you got your battle pass playing freaking video games, Call of Duty. You know, the wife ain't bitching. Everybody's got a tablet. What more could you want? (laughs) Believe me, I get it. Been there, done that. Late night binging on PlayStation. You know, go to work. Simple life. Party with the boys, have drinks over, don't really think about a whole lot. Always planning events. Kids always got stuff. The rat race, boom, boom, boom. Come see, come saw. You know, like, I, I get it. Shit, there's parts of me that still miss all that shit. But it doesn't mean a whole lot when the government says you can't. And then that's when it becomes real. It's like, I really can't do what the fuck I want to do. I really can't. But see, the thing is, I'm I'm from that knowledge of knowing that we always could do what the hell we want to do. We always could. It was God's given. And so what do you do when you find out that the people in charge are corrupt. Well, most people do nothing. Only a select few actually ever have the intestinal fortitude to do anything about it. And talking about it, of course, is never enough. 
But of course, when you have generation after generation that stopped educating their children and left all the rearing of their children up to everybody else while they focused on them and their dreams and their goals and what they wanted for their house and their decorations and tapestries and designs, landscaping, trying to create the perfect cell for themselves and their families. Bad, bad men of the world get to do whatever the fuck they want. Because who's going to stop them? Not you, not me. Not Joe Powerless. Who's going to teach anybody? Not you, not me. Because nobody's teaching these kids any damn thing. I'll give you a perfect example. This is the type of shit I do on a regular basis. This is not me bragging. This is just... To me, I would consider this like old school basic shit. Because when I was growing up, there was always an old dude pulling you to the side saying, Hey, young man. Like, that ain't how you do that. This is how you do this. That's the reason why I'm as intelligent as I am now. Because there was a lot of great old men back in the day that, that like hit me the real shit. Took their time, saw something in me. Like, man, this is a good dude, a good kid. You know, like, let me let me hip you to some to some knowledge. And I did this with one of these young guys at work. He's a. This is the type of shit I do do for my kid all the time. This is the reason why we are so close. And me telling you what I do is it, it wouldn't would do it. So this this whole story will. This kid, this kid's new at the kitchen, and I love working in the kitchen. I've I've always loved working in the kitchen. It's probably my my first love was was the kitchen, and uh, I don't have a fancy job or title now. In fact, I actually like that it's as easy and simple as it is right now for me because it gives me the opportunity to focus on my kid, but they pay me so damn well that it just all works out perfectly. And so we got this new kid, and he's from Le Cordon Bleu, he's from the damn culinary arts school. And usually when we get kids from the culinary arts school, they are horrible. This is like their first kitchen, and this is even like considered a restaurant restaurant. This is a bar and grill, but still, it's a pretty badass establishment. It gets awards in San Antonio. It's like one of the top spots in San Antonio type shit. But we're very laid back in this damn kitchen. But we're also a bunch of savages. We're just, we're a bunch of savages. And this young guy, man, he's just, he's soft. He's softer than goat's milk. And he's in the middle of the kitchen. And basically, he's at the spot where you got to yell. You got to yell orders. You got to yell what's coming down the line. You got to yell to the grill guy, like, what's up? And I'm behind the grill guy. Now, I am in nowhere near as an important position. Well, I'm I'm in an important position, but I'm not in a super important position. But I get a lot of respect, and uh, it was just funny because the kid, like, he wasn't shouting orders, and the and the grill guys were getting pissed. 
And they were like this kid ain't saying shit. And then when he does yell, it's like you can barely hear him. What the hell, man. And they they're starting to rag on the kid and giving him a hard time. But other than that, since he started, he's been showing a lot of improvement. Like as far as like handling his own in his era. But he's just not good at communication. And so the guy started yelling at him, like, hey, man, like, why aren't you yelling these orders out? He's like, I just, this is as, as loud as I can get. Like, I just, I can't, I can't yell, man. Like, like guys, like, I can't. He got a little soft on us. And, and of course, the guys, they started making fun of him and stuff like that. Well, we need you to yell. Like, this is a position where you need to yell. I kind of feel bad for the kids, so. <laughs> it was a point where he asked me for something. And the guys, you know, if they get behind, they can ask me to make them a salad. I'll make them a salad. So I was back there. And the kid asked me for a salad, but he asked me, like, real soft. It's like, Mr. Devin, can I get a salad, please? <laughs> it just, I don't know, it irked me. Because it was like the other guys, I saw them all make faces and shit and smirk. And it was just like, man, that's embarrassing. And the reason why I felt some shit is because I used to be that kid. You know, like the, the, the young guy around a whole bunch of men whole bunch of savages. I'm not a savage. I'm just a little punk. I'm scared. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to make it through the day, you know? <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, don't ever call my name like that. Like, the next time, just say, hey, fucker. Like, I need the salad, man. <laughs> something. He's like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. I'm like, was just like, like, just shout. You know, shout. Use your diaphragm. And I taught him how to use his diaphragm. Like, you know, use... You're shouting from your chest. Like, shout from your gut. Like, you know, pull air down to your stomach, project it out, open your mouth, let it out. And so, like, about an hour or so goes by. And, uh, <laughs> I guess he did. Exactly why I told him he overdid it. But he shouted some shit. <laughs> and everybody kind of stopped. I forgot what it was. It was like an order, or he needed something, or whatever. And he shouted it, the whole damn kitchen heard it, all the way up, you know, to the front <laughs> with the cashiers and shit. And uh, everybody was like, just stopped and looked at the kid. It was like, damn, hell yeah. <laughs> and he's big old grin on his face. He was like, I don't like to get loud, but I can. <laughs> and uh, he's been loud as shit ever since. Like, he's a completely different guy. But, man, I made a point to tell him, you know, like, hey, like, good shit, like, like that, from here on out, like, you're surrounded by men, you know, like, like, conduct yourself as though you're one, and they will treat you like you're one. And he was like, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. And he's, he's been making a lot of improvement in his character and in his work performance, because he has a lot more confidence in himself. This is something I started doing with my daughter all the damn time. She does something that I like. Like, hey, that was good shit. Good shit. I appreciate that. I saw how you do it, how you did it. I saw how you, you set it up. Made sure that it wouldn't spill. Good, good job. And, you know, you, you see the light in someone's eyes when you, when you give them encouragement and support. That's the reason why the people who support the podcast, I, I super appreciate you. I love you to death. You, you, you're my hero. 
Because in the old church, there was this idea. They, they, don't, they don't teach it anymore. That's how you know you have false doctrine in your church, when they don't teach this. But it was the value of the one. The young King David understood the value of the one. Apostle Paul, he did too. A lot of the great men of God, like the great, great men of God that did great stuff, they always understood the value of the one. They never forsook the value of the one. They would forsake the whole damn herd of sheep just for the one that went astray. That was the whole significance of Jesus' sacrifice, is that his whole damn sacrifice was for the one. He didn't do it just for all of us. He did it for everyone. That's what everyone means. Everyone. And Jesus was the representation of that. He gave up his life for the one. For everyone. And so, if my podcast helps even one person for me it is great gain i don't particularly care if the masses love my message of personal accountability and awareness and and growth and mental fortitude and testicular fortitude being brave going into the dark after the thing which you don't want to face courageously you know if it was easy everybody be doing it Right now, everybody's doing the easy thing. Letting other people think for them. Letting other people make decisions for their lives and their children's lives. Not speaking their being forward. Becoming slaves to ideologies and gossip and rumors. Of wars and the coming of wars. Becoming slaves to their own devices and vices. The ways of life. And it's like, it don't gotta be that way. I I can't even I can't even talk about the things that I want to really talk about on this podcast because I feel like I feel like if you want the honest truth I'm extremely frustrated with the world right now I'm in a weird place as a Christian I'm a Christian that dislikes people kind of like Jonah except more so like I, I just don't I just don't you know like, I got to a weird place in my faith when I realized that I could empathize with villains and their plight. Like, and I'll give you a perfect example. If you ever heard of, a, of an anime called My Hero Academia, I really empathize with Tomo Shigaraki and his story. His story is fucked up. It really is. I mean, no spoilers, but his childhood... In court, legally, everybody in that house would have been been barred from being around kids, ever. CPS would have got involved. Kids would have been taken. 
he would have been in the foster care or whatever, but definitely would have more likely had a chance at a much better life. Even if he had have killed his dad, it would have been 100% out of self-defense if it had gone to court. Even the way that he did it, it should have 100% been taken as self-defense. And the fact that the kid didn't know all of that because he lived in an environment where no one really gave a shit about him, or at least didn't show it, he didn't know, so of course he of course he ran away from home. And then runs into like probably the worst guy in the world to run into. And that's kinda how it works. It works like that with pretty much anything. Really. If you if you ignore an important issue, it doesn't go away. It just festers and grows. It just gets worse. It's like ignoring a clogged toilet. It's just, it just, it gets worse. You can't, you can, you can think you can ignore it all you want. It just gets worse and gets bigger and more volatile. The, the monster and all it just grows. Ask my mom <laughs> when it comes to me. You know, it's just, it just gets bigger. That's what happens when we let our let other people raise our kids. They get to teach them whatever they want. And there's a lot of people trying to teach your kids whatever they want. Lots. They work for the government. Your government. Doesn't matter which one, all of them. And these people know better than you, officially, in an official sense. (laughs) And a lot of you seem to be 100% fucking cool with it. And it's like, what do I have to say to that? Me talking about the Lord ain't going to do nothing. If you're completely down with the governments of the world telling you and your kids how your future is going to be under their leadership. It doesn't matter if it's on the right or the left. You've got people that swear up and down they believe in liberty and peace and freedom telling you that the government needs to do this so that the people can do X, Y, and Z. When the people, us, could easily do whatever the fuck we put our minds to. We could easily take care of the homeless. We could easily feed all of the the displaced and and we could take care of all the widows ourselves. We easily could. If you think I'm full of shit, ask the OnlyFans girls or the Twitch thoughts who get money from random dudes just for pictures of themselves on a regular basis. Thousands of dollars for subs and subscriptions. But we have the money and the resources. Spare me. We all do. We have the time, too. Because most of us spend the majority of our time on our phones sitting on the couch. 
So spare me. Spare me. Most of the issues and problems of the world are, are can easily be solved by us. The people. Easily. Wouldn't, wouldn't even... We wouldn't even break a sweat. If we all in earnest attacked all of the major problems that we all have in this damn world, things that affect all of us, nationwide, globally, overnight. If the people of China really, really, really wanted to be done with their government, God, you guys outnumbered y'all's fucking governments and government officials like a billion to one. I mean, I'm just guessing, but I mean, still, like, if you really, really wanted to be free, you could, like, tonight. All of us could. The reason why we don't isn't a matter of strength or or even will. It's not. It's really not. It's a matter of belief. Always has been, always will be. You don't believe life can get better than this. You truly don't. That's the reason why you don't fight for it. See, the old men, the men of of ancient times, they always had a vision of something that they saw off in the horizon that nobody else saw, but they saw it. That was the reason why those men came here and colonized all this freaking barren wild land. Because they saw something that nobody else saw. Now, to say that what is now is better than what was is up for debate. I, I, don't, I don't really, I don't, I, I don't know. I've heard stories. You know, I, I've heard that the Indians weren't, weren't all sweet and peace-loving with each other as we would love to have believed. And that they were doing some awesome, some crazy shit. And that some of them were cannibals. But, I mean, I digress. It's not about what was better at this time. It's really about what works. And I believe with a lot of stuff, like we had times where it worked, but then we got too caught up in the form and structure of it all that we stopped losing sight of what actually works. And now we're at a place where we really don't care. As long as somebody else is footing the bill, as long as somebody else is running the show, as long as somebody else is coming up with the game plan, we're good. I mean, if if that's your thinking on shit, then you deserve what you get. Like, I'm not even going to mince words with you. Um, you deserve what you get. Like, it's, it's just... Tough titty hard to suck. I don't know what to tell you. You know, there's a lot of cynical fuckers on the internet right now that as soon as you post something, they have something smart and snarky to say about, you know, trying to disprove or or argue with you over some like shit. I ain't got time for dudes like you. Like, dudes like you, 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 mm. y'all, y'all just, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You, you. You have a horrible existence and you're going to have a horrible end. Because at the end of the day, the world doesn't care about your bullshit. And if you're not going to do anything but just talk shit and create problems, then... If you're not actually going to help anybody, if it's your job to just be capped and put holes in things, then that's fine. You can play that role. 
But you're right, you know. But there's coming a time where when the real demons are going to show up. Like, you know, right now we're de- dealing with pretenders and, and demons in human form. But uh, when the real ones show up, all the smart ass in the world ain't going to be enough to help you in that situation. And such things are real. And they are opposed to love. And in a lot of ways responsible for the systems that we have in place now that we would like to call love. See, in the Bible it says that God is love. I used to not know what that meant until recently. Because if you believe in creation theory, as I do, and you believe in intelligent design, then that statement makes sense. Because everything on this earth that God created, or that was created, works in harmony with everything else. Love is indiscriminate. I mean, the sky, the, the rain, all of it, it's, it's all indiscriminate. Snow. Sunshine, moon, the night, time, death, life, indiscriminate. Nobody is absolved from their effects. It will never just rain on you. It might happen in a cartoon, but it ain't gonna happen in real life. And that's what true love is. True love is is indiscriminate. True love is in death. All the shit that you wouldn't do or shouldn't do, you can't do anymore because you're dead. I mean, one way or another, we get right. One way or another, in life or in death, we get right. We get set straight. We become love, one way or another. Whether it be through our memory or whether it be through our actions. That might go over some's head, but if it doesn't, I'm happy for you. In this next section, um, I want to talk a little bit about demons, just for a minute, just about 
some future topics that I want to talk about. And uh, I might put like a Q&A on it so that, you know, if you're down for more of this conversation about occult type stuff and demons, then we can talk about it. But yeah. Now, this last portion is talking about the demons. And to do that, I have to do something first. So, I'm going to be honest. This part of the podcast is honestly for the church. But it's really for everybody. But it's mostly for the church. So, if you're a Christian believer of any sort where you believe in, in angels and demons of some sort or you are a follower of, of Christ or you care about truth in any sense just hear me out for a minute this is formerly well known knowledge But I'm going to get into giants for a second. Now, the issue of giants is kind of complicated. Specifically because we've had evidence of giants, but the Smithsonian will snatch up anyone that they find. And they are never seen again. You can look into this if you want to. I have a a few sources that I could probably hunt down that that lay out how they actually do this and have reported on it. There's videos on it that I've seen. But it's it's kind of a conspiracy in that of itself about the Smithsonian and them uh, hijacking any giant remains that they find. And them never seeing the light of day again. So there's that. But the Bible talks about giants. Particularly all through the Old Testament. Now, I wanna I'm gonna like check out like two areas in particular, one in Genesis and one in Deuteronomy. But there are a few places in in the Bible where they're talking about giants. I actually have a whole bunch of verses pulled up. Uh, Numbers 13.33 says, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came of the giants. And we were in our own sights as and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Then there's Deuteronomy. Now, it, I mean, the Old Testament, in that of itself, the majority of it, you know, Deuteronomy, all that stuff, the majority of it is considered not just, you know, uh, uh, spiritual literature. This is considered uh, Jewish history. Right? So just in Jewish history, there were freaking giants. Check it. Whither shall we go up? 
our brethren have discouraged our heart. This is sorry, this is Deuteronomy 1:28. It says, Whither shall we go up? Question. Uh, our brethren have discouraged our heart, saying, The people, the people, is greater and taller than we. The cities are great, and the walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims there. You know, I know it's slightly hard to understand because one, I'm reading it crappily, and two, it, it's uh, King James Version, and King James Version, some people have issue with. I don't, I love King James Version, but that's just how I feel about it. But the Anakim, uh, the, the Raphaim, uh, the Nephilim, these are all different, uh, I guess you could consider them tribes of the same uh, half-human, half-angel hybrid. And they go by many different names. Now we just call them aliens. But those suckers have always been here. They've never not been here. And as long as there are women and as long as there are angels, they will always be here. Now, there's a misconception. I don't know why. I think it's intentional. I, it, it, but it, it'd be extremely hard to, to prove unless you can prove that almost all of Christianity is honestly just Masons. That's the only way that you could actually prove it. But I mean, <clears throat> for some reason, for a very, very long time, I've heard in many Christian and, and religious circles that focus around, you know, Christ and salvation and all that, that believe that nothing survived after the flood. That the, the Raphaim, the giants, all that shit after the flood, they were gone. And they never came back. And that the angels, they were responsible for sleeping with women and, and creating them. They're in chains underwater, the Bible says so. It says some. It says some. And these were ones that that I think probably were the most egregious about it. Probably tried to create little armies. I mean, this is just me speculating on that regard because that's the only reason why I would think, I don't think God would chain an angel for sleeping with one chick, but having kids to the extent that he's trying to create an army of them, I think that would be enough to put him in chains. I don't know. We think so small on all this shit. We really do. We think very, very, very small. I'm going to tie this in. There's there's a belief that we've played all these games before, like the building a nation, all this stuff. We've, we've done all this multiple times because we keep finding evidence that there were just as advanced, if not more so, civilizations that were, existed under the rubble of what we're sitting on. We find evidence of this in lots of places around the world all the time. I believe the answer is because we have. Because the real players in all of this, this whole gigantic show, are unseen, but they're ancient. Older than trees. But I'm not going to get into all that. I just want to talk about this one, one aspect. <clears throat> their kids, which were the giants. And they 
were back in the day. And it's interesting that God's people, the, the Jews, were actually charged with dispatching them. There's actually multiple places in the Bible where, where God actually told the Israelites, you know, to go down there, you wipe these guys out. I mean, all of them. They're, they're not like you. Go take them out. But if they're people, like people like you, like humans, you leave them alone. You run them off, but you don't kill them. You just you get them out of there. And if you notice, if you look at the wars and the battles that they had, you know, it's, it's another misconception in, in, in Christian history that the Christians, that the old Christians back in the day, Bible ones, were just murdering bastards of the Old Testament. They were just going around killing. Yeah, there was a lot of that. There was a, there was a lot of a lot of wanting murder, but a lot of it, when God was in charge, He wanted them to run out the, the, the impurities, the things that shouldn't have existed. Now you can make an argument for God deciding that giants shouldn't be allowed to exist. That's a valid argument. But I will tell you this, is that you have to understand a lot of things. This story has a lot of moving parts. You have to understand who the giant's parents are. The giant's parents are fallen angels. They're exiled. Man, they really don't have any allegiance to God or to humanity as a whole. In fact, most of them are of the thinking of Lucifer and Satan is that they they hate us. They don't see why we should be allowed to sit at the same table as them. They do not see how they should be forced to worship or to glorify us in any way, shape, or form. Or why we are doing any semblance of honor because we are ignorant, infantile, and insignificant compared to them and their wisdom and their power. And compared to a fallen angel, I, I would say, even if you were to take what I'm saying 100% seriously, you could see from their point of view how an argument like that is valid. To a fallen angel, or to, to an angel that is not of God, if you even believe in such a thing, has no reason to value you and your sovereignty for even a second. Because it's better than you. People always wonder where the this elitist idea mentality comes from. It comes from them. They're like your cousins. They're, they're like our cousins. They're like, like, like I don't know, like, like if we were adopted into a family or some shit like that, they'd be like your stepbrothers and sisters. Like that's pretty much what the fallen are. What, what angels are, is we're kin, kind of, by spirit, I guess. The same as if you could say by blood in a family or by marriage. And in God's house, there's a lot of being grafted into a family by marriage. We do that with everybody. It's a big family. It gets bigger all the time. I'll just tell you that you have members of the family that aren't 100% like tangible in the human sense, but are all too fucking real. Do I believe that this shit's going on now? Well, the the Bible does say in Revelations that the days of Noah will be again in the end times. And what was going on in the days of Noah? Giants, Nephilim, tall whites, shit that looked like aliens, walking around, running shit, enslaving us. But I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. 
This is just me doing a, a light introduction because I'm going to be getting into this shit in the future. And this is just me kind of just like dropping the hammer on it now, you know, as, as to what I'm going to be talking about. But that that's that's what it is. So if you hear me talk about the Ananak or the Ananaki or the Raphaim or the Nephilim, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about them, these bastards' kids. <clears throat> Now, as far as anything definite, I don't know shit definite about this stuff. Nothing definite. In fact, these are probably one of the least looked up, least talked about topics on the face of the earth. Let alone does anyone even care about them or believe that they're real. But I'm here to tell you that I 100% believe that they are. There's lots of evidence that they are in different ways and in different instances. In fact, you'd be surprised, but flat earth theory is one of the, the in the, as far as how it relates to the Bible and the Bible being, for the most part, the Old Testament, a flat earth book. Um, well, and there's places in the New Testament too. But uh, it just kind of hit me to that and hollow earth theory and like I said I've said in the past I always look through everything from a Christian lens because I guess part of me is is always trying to find something that lines up with this book in reality and I haven't been wrong yet I keep finding shit that lines up that makes me discredit even the things that I learned in the church sometimes. Because I feel like all these bastards are in cahoots with each other, even in the church. I can't exactly draw the lines yet with the church, but there's, there's, my spider sense is tingling on a lot of shit right now because I'm starting to notice some singularities and I'm waiting until I can, until I can articulate what I'm seeing because there's, and I'm going to get into it with the giants. A lot of people don't understand this about giant mindset, but I mean, we've been taught it for years. You know, like the fee five fo fum I smell the blood of an Englishman. A lot of the stuff, like even in nursery rhymes, is tied back to like this old era where we used to know all of these things. That, you know, the giants, they were different than us. They had the ability to hunt based off of blood type and, 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 and scents and taste. That's why whenever I see, like, representations of that in reality where they have, like, a character in a show or an anime or a movie that does things things sensory-oriented, uh, sensory uh, having to do with the tastes of blood or, 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 or blood types and smells and stuff like that, it's always very interesting to me because that ties into that giant mindset, you know. And they were they were they were empaths. They were able to actually sense emotions and feelings. That was the reason why they were so good at hunting down humans and killing them. They were known for being cannibals, but they only ate humans. They didn't eat each other. Yet they they were also in a, a, a Adventures of Odyssey. <clears throat> So, I, I don't know, it's just, uh, it, it, and this is old knowledge, we've, we've known it for a very long time, and they were, they were the, then there were the Titans, which were like the super, super giants, and, and these things were, were massive as hell, 
And I do believe that I believe that everything on this earth was a lot bigger at one point in time because the trees were bigger. I believe that there were such things as gigantic fucking trees. So when we see those those mountainous formations that actually look like chopped down trees, I believe that those things really were freaking giant trees back in the day that got hacked down more than likely by these fucking giants. I don't know. I believe there's a, there's a whole world that was hidden and is purposely being removed from us. That's the reason why all the governments of the world act the same. And run the same. And it was it was stated that there were versions of these Nephilim, the men of the renown, the, the half-human, half-angel hybrids that took forms that were similar to us. That they looked... Like, like damn near almost human life with, with slight variations and these guys ran shit mighty men of renown they were they were famous they, they ruled and ran shit and they were slightly diff- different from us maybe in height maybe a little bit to say that that's not going on now I mean you can't really you can't say that that's not going on now a lot of these organizations and businesses are tied to old bloodlines. Like, no more than 13. Look it up. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not making that up, for damn sure. There's a lot of these businesses, Coke Brothers, all these organizations, they're, like, trapped between and, and run by, like, a handful of families, a handful of rich families that have been around forever. Some of them tie back to fucking Egypt. I shit you not. Like these guys aren't dumb. They're, 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 they've never, they've never been interested in in living in peace with humanity. It's always been about subjugation. It's always been about control and power. And more than anything, if you want to go for a belief system, it's always been about perverting everything that God has created. Everything. God can create humans, we, we, we'll create something better. And that's how you get transhumanism. You know, like, like, like everything, everything, if you just look at everything going completely fucking opposite uh, of, of, of decency and, and right and purity and all that stuff, righteousness, truth. Everything's just going in the opposite direction. That's what these dudes were about. And these are who these giants' parents were. That's the reason why when Goliath pulled up on, on you know, the Israelites, you know, the Philistines, and they had Goliath with them, all, all he did was sit there for weeks on end talking shit about God. Because that's what they're brought up on. See, kids, kids and what they're raised on. See, like, those who follow the path of demons, they're brought up on an ideology, too. You know, the, the, the Masons, the, the Wiccans, the, the Luciferians, the, the occultists, the people who, who believe in the Nazi manifestos and, you know, the Columbine killers and stuff like that. They will defile the most innocent thing without question, without hesitation. 
just as quickly as a patriot or a hero would stop a villain. They'll do the exact same thing to the most vi- to to the most innocent thing. To someone who's who goes down that path of destroying lives, it's nothing. Nothing. It means nothing to them. To take life, to control a life, to manipulate a life, to to do harm, to be destructive, to be a demon, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's just a thought and an action. The cause and an effect to them. They do not care. They have no souls. They do not care. From the mind and the heart is is what we are. What comes out of those two places. And giants were trained to hate humanity. And to kill it at every chance you got. So what happens to a, a giant's Spirit, soul, what have you? I mean, because this, this, I'm, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm just talking about bullshit, but let's just like, like imagine we're smoking a bowl together, and let's just, you know, we're just talking crazy shit. Let's just go down the fucking like we're friends. Let's just go down this rabbit hole together. So you have something that's, that's part angel. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the Bible verse right here in, in, uh, in uh, Genesis 6. It says, uh, uh, verse 2, And the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Meaning that the, these the sons of God, meaning these are angels. Sam Lucifer and stuff. What's that movie? Dogma? Is that the name of the movie? The one with Silent Bob and the chick? Like, something like that. Like, something like that went down. And the, and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. This is really, really sad part for me because it's like, it's like dad regretting a choice that he made with one of his kids to the point to where he regrets all of us. And this is kind of the scenario that the fallen angels created. And they did it on purpose. But it goes and it says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, meaning rule with. Has a little T by the by the strive. If you have a, a KJV, it means you know to rule with. It says, My spirit shall not always strive with man. For that he, for that he also is flesh, which is interesting. Uh, it's interesting that he that he put it that way. He says he also, he also. Who is he talking about? He also. Who else? So, it's some, in some way, shape, or form, the fallen, the fallen angels, the angels that are here on earth with us moving around, running shit, doing shit, on some level they can be tangible. On some level they can 
come in a form that is like flesh. Hmm. 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 Interesting. It says, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. So, like, even in that, there's a lot, there's a lot in that. It says, like, just like to shift away from the other thing that God is, is pissed off at. Talk about, but the man, we're only going to live like a hundred and something. So they get to live forever. So they get, they have the souped up body that can be flesh-like, like us, but not. They live forever. Interesting. And they can have kids. Interesting. Interesting. So why would they not look at us as though we're inferior and treat us as though we're inferior? Why would they not rebel against God over us? Getting, I don't know, married into a family, getting all the benefits of without really getting any, I mean, like, without getting any of the power and without getting any of the knowledge. There's like a whole continuity to this story that no one knows, which I think is sad. That's the reason why I'm doing these. And so we go off to, to, you know, I mean, there's a lot just in three verses of Genesis 6. And I even got all the way, I haven't even gotten past verse 3. And so we go to verse 4 and it says, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God, so this is like the beginning of the nonsense. And also after that, that when the sons of God came in, see it says, and after that, even then in Genesis, and this is to the pastor, to all those that are like swearing up and down, it never happened after the flood. They they were all wiped out. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Because you can't wipe out a damn angel with a flood, you moron. So are you purposely that dumb or, or, or is it just you just want to go out of, the, out of your way to just mislead the damn flock? Is that is that what it is? No, they never left. They never left. We killed them. The Israelites, the, the, those who, the followers of God who, who, who listened to God of that time, they killed the shit out of them. The Bible even speaks to that. You read the book of Deuteronomy to know that. Like, we, we whooped their ass. Humanity did. Because there's nothing more powerful than a man of God. Nothing. Nothing on this earth. I truly believe that. Now more than ever. I, I, I implore you to read the book of Deuteronomy. I implore you to read it. If you don't get enough of what you need from the book of Genesis, go to the book of Deuteronomy, and I promise you, you will find out about how we tore a new one into some giants. Humanity did that. We are built better. We're built stronger. We're, we so freaking are. I think it has been science and the organized system's duty to deny you that reality. 
That's the reason why women are so frustrated and confused and feel so damn defeated right now because they've listened to all that feminist BS of playing the victim and playing the victor at the same damn time. I think men uh, have have come to their wits end with not being able to satisfy women, let alone their country, let alone themselves or society. And so they just, they're, they're these crazy messes of just everything that they've ever watched on TV. I, I've, I'm, I'm always appalled at how easy it is for people to cast someone aside as though they are worthless without any inquiry or curiosity at all into the talents that this person may possess, the wisdoms that this person may possess, the life experience that this person may have, that they could glean from, learn from. It's insanity. We're so damn divided that it's, it's just, it's, it's laughable. Whenever I hear someone say that, yeah, we need, we need the, we need the, we need the, what, what we are you talking about? There is no we. <laughs> there hasn't been a we in a long time. Most damn everybody is just a bunch of opportunistic motherfuckers out for themselves. Tell me I'm lying. And 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 are, are probably going to be doomed to leave our parents to rot because their parents never told us, never taught us to care about shit like that. About I don't know about tradition and and holding on to memories and stuff. I saw a thing the other day on Steve Harvey about a girl that uh, she had gotten the blessing of hosting family dinner. You know, the Thanksgiving dinner. And it was like this whole tradition, this thing that they do about like people cooking and a whole bunch of stuff. And she didn't know how to cook, let alone want to do the tradition thing. But she was like, should I do it for me, Ma, anyway? And Steve was like, yeah. This is the fact that you had to ask. See, in the realm of darkness, they have traditions too. In fact, the crazy thing about it is, is that you 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 follow a pagan tradition in a minute, but you won't follow one that's connected to your family or your tribe. What do I mean? I don't know. Considering the fact that the majority of us love and get excited and are stimulated greatly by the very idea of a pagan holiday. Almost, dude, if people understood, let alone knew how much they dabbled in witchcraft on a regular basis, they they wouldn't even dare speak ill of anyone, anywhere, anytime about anything. The Balenciaga thing is just a small example of the shit that I see on a regular basis, but I thought it was kind of funny that people were tripping about the Balenciaga thing because it's like, I saw that coming a mile away. Dude, all of a sudden, 
like pretty much from the beginning of COVID, probably a little bit before COVID, you start seeing you start seeing all these like under you know uh, what is her name? What is her name? Oh shit! I don't know the, the Billie Eilish and you know Token and a lot of these like underground singers and low. You know, low on the mainstream, you know, guys are rocking Balenciaga. And then you start seeing the famous motherfuckers rocking Balenciaga. Athletes, actresses, and this. Whenever shit gets trendy, it just, it's always something up. It was the same with Blackberry. Or, no, Burberry. It was a clone. And then there was the Blackberry, the phone. It's like, certain shit just gets popping. You know, Justin Bieber. And then whenever it does, you usually find out some like off shit about the product or the people involved with the product. And you're like, yeah, I shouldn't have jumped on that hype train. It's usually like that all the time now where you jump on a hype train and then you find out that either the person leading the train is a nasty motherfucker or the person that started the train is a nasty motherfucker. And when I say it like that, it just sounds gross either way. So I'm just going to stop. But it was just, it, it, it was what it was. I felt the same way about COVID. That's the reason why I didn't jump on board with COVID and all that shit. And that's why I'm not getting no shot, nor how do I plan to. And I'm glad because every minute of the day, more and more information is found out about this shit that makes it worse. But what I'm trying to tell you is that there's a possibility that these same monsters that are like kin to Goliath and and the Philistines could possibly be running shit now and have been for a very, 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 very long time. I know that sounds far-fetched, but is it really? Is it really that far-fetched? I don't know. I mean, this is just my intro into it. This is just me just kind of talking it out with you. But I mean, in the Bible, it says right here, it says, you know, verse 4, there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. And when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, meaning that it is possible for angels to have sex with women, and they bear children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. In verse 5, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Because I think, I think that's where, where God saw the allegiance form. Because it wasn't just that, that this could happen. It was that men would allow it to happen. And that men, there are certain men that would... would set it up for this to continue to go on. It formed partnerships and leaderships and teams with these guys. That's how the Philistines were born. You know, the, the armies of men that were, that were monsters that would go and rape and pillage and destroy entire regions and entire areas, the Vikings, you know, the, the Mongols, the, 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 the tribes of men, they didn't care about human life at all. They, they, they were the farthest removed from love. And these guys were from that cloth. They were from that build. And they were created by these types of mighty men, these war gods. 
Because that was what these guys became, these giants, these mighty men of renown. They became nothing more than war gods in the eyes of regular men. And they were great at it. They were highly intelligent because they had knowledge and they had the, the wisdom and the power from otherworldly forces. And they were built different from jump. Balls to bones, they were built different. And so what did they do? They raised up men that were conquerors. And a whole bunch of other men that wanted to be like them that were the farthest removed from love. They didn't care about other people's lives. We're still following their doctrines to this day. And, it's, and, and God knew all of this was coming. And this is the very first time that he, that he wanted to really do something about it. And, and he, like any you know, young parent, he went to the extreme right out the bat. He says, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Mm. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah, and then the cynics are going to jump in and be like, so, yeah, so Noah survived and his family survived, so where'd the other people come from and all the other stuff? get it, do you? Like I said in the beginning, the angels don't die. And they can have kids with anything and everything that they want to. The reason why that part of this story is unfathomable to you is because you've never considered them tangible or real. No one believes that angels are real. Not really. I've never met someone who, who, who honestly does. I do. I very much so do. And, uh... I don't know. I just... I think this part of the story is, is, is important. It's like God just kind of telling you what was up. A lot of us, we missed it because the church wants you to believe that that after after the flood, just nothing. No more giants. No, 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 man, you freaking idiot, man. Like, no, uh-uh, not true. It's actually military operations of soldiers and Marines swearing up and down that they ran into uh, red-haired giant in Afghanistan. In a cave. He killed some Marines, too. Another operations where they came across them in an Apache chopper. Came across one. Walked through the woods. Threw a spear at him. Big-ass spear. 
I don't know. I'm not even going to tie this to I'm not going to link any of that into this. I just wanted to talk about this because this is something I'm going to be getting into later on. But, I mean, like, when a giant dies, what happens? Really? Because it's half angel, it's half human. The human side of it, all humans get souls. But angel is like a spirit, right? A spirit that can take tangible form. I don't even know what you would call that. A spirit that can that can slip between realities or dimensions and go from one state to another, or its state can go from one state to another, or exist in multiple states. You see what I'm saying? And that has a kid with a being like us. So what happens to that kid when it dies? What happened to Goliath when he died? I mean, if anyone can answer that for me, please let me know. But I mean, if Goliath was a real person, what happened to Goliath when he died? This is what I believe. Now, and I'll, I'll wrap up what I'm talking about. I believe that that's where you get disembodied spirits. And there were a lot of giants. There were like entire tribes and families of these things. Like, like they took over an entire country mountainsides in, this, in the land of Canaan for damn sure. Where, where the Israelites first started taking them on. And the thing is, we're not the only... Christianity is not the only culture that is reported having to deal with giants before. Japan, everywhere. Been a problem for everybody. But it's also been reported that people have been able to take them down. So, there's that. I think there's just, there's more to us than we know. Way more. Way more than we're allowed to know, I would say. Because it's the only thing that explains why we all feel so powerless. When history does not show evidence of that at all. Not truly, not from where I sit. In a way, hell, I think humans, we are incredibly powerful. We're powerful beyond measure because we're created in the image of God. And everything that God creates is strong and can withstand anything. Period. The only reason why we believe we don't is because we've been programmed to. Programmed since birth. By whom is the question... I'm just trying to get people closer to the true answer. But us attacking each other is exactly what they want. Because they tried attacking us and it never worked. 
no matter how they tried it. Physically, spiritually, mentally, it's never, it never stuck. Until they found a way to change our minds. Until they find, found a way to change our way of thinking to make us think like them. To have a void mindset where we don't care about anything but ourselves and filling the hole that is inside of us. While we contract out our problems to other people to solve. While we devote our time to self-medication, self-deception, and self-reliance. But yeah, that's where I believe the demons come from. Because they don't have nowhere to go. They're different. Their spirits are just different. Half human, half angel. They have to be judged differently. They have to be recorded differently. In the book of life, because they weren't really supposed to exist. They weren't supposed to be a thing. Horrible accident. Of course, they come out the gate hating humanity. I mean, wouldn't you? So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I've never believed in aliens, ever. But I have 100% believed the terror that people who've gone through such experiences say they have felt. Many of them have experienced feeling a great sense of malice and and, uh, overcoming dread and terror when uh, under these experiences. I will say that there is a little talked about point of interest in these experiences is that people who have reportedly said or called on the name of Jesus from the bottom of their heart and meant it at the time that those instances would just suddenly stop happening as though it never happened. It was like they just boom popping it back in the room. I don't know. Take that information if you will. I don't have any proof or, or links to that information. It's just some stuff I stumbled across in my years of studying it. Because I wanted to look into um, abductees and abductions and stuff. But it's a little, it's a little talked about point of interest and the only reason why the scientists never really bring it up or talk about it is because they don't know what to do with the information and that's because they're not believers so they don't know the impact of how powerful that is but that's because they're they're not they're not angels I mean they're, they're not they're not like aliens they're not from outer space we live in a closed fixed system they're just able to freely move around in it it completely but I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't know 
it does make uh, the scene in the Bible where Jesus cast the the demons out of that person into swine makes that scene make a lot more sense because even then the the demons spirits uh, question Jesus and ask him if he's going to punish them before the time because they they have a time frame just like we do they have a time where they will all be judged for how they live their lives on earth that's the reason why they're just kind of bound here in limbo so they just kind of do what they want to do they can either just kind of like haunt a house or terrorize someone or possess someone or whatever but they just kind of do what they want until it's time for them to be judged because they're under they're on a different time scale than the rest of us because their existence is an abomination so yeah I don't know I hope that makes sense uh, it should make sense I hope it makes sense but that's the reason why you know demons demons and demonic energy is so volatile towards humans is because they are an abomination and they know that they are. They know that you don't know that they are. But they know that they are. And they despise humans and humanity. But at the same time, and I think this plays into it too, at the same time they're bound by rules. Because you would say, well, well, what's stopping them from doing whatever the hell they want to then? It's because just like angels, they're bound by rules. Now, of course, they can circumvent those rules. And there's deep punishments for that, of course. You know, unless you don't want to get chained at the bottom of the ocean like some angels did. But when you're half and half, I think you're still bound by the same rules. Whether you want to or not. So if you're asking, like, well, where the hell are they? I believe they're all in hiding. The ones that are tangibly alive and existing somewhere, they're all in hiding. And I think the governments of the world are helping them to hide. Now, how that arrangement got worked out, I have no idea. I don't think anyone does. Nor do I think that information will ever get leaked because that's some information that can't get leaked. In fact, they would leak everything before they leaked that. So I don't know. I don't don't know where further to go with this conversation, but yeah, that's what I believe ultimately at the end of the day. That's what demons are, is disembodied spirits, most of which were former giants. Now, people were going, well, I got, I, I had a medium and I talked to my, to my dead grandma. If I told you that that wasn't your grandma, would you believe me? I just... There's a lot about these things we don't get. 
mean, it's just a lot. Or the fact that they can imitate voices. Or that they can recall memories from your past or any individual's past. There's a lot about this stuff that we just don't know. There's a lot. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to start getting more into talking about the occult and breaking down more false doctrine and stuff I see in the church. Uh, I, I guess for starters, I will not be celebrating Christmas. I never celebrate Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, that's on you, but I don't celebrate pagan holidays. I sure as hell don't celebrate anything that has to do with sun worship. I just don't. I'm not a sun worship kind of guy. Yeah, I took my kid out for Halloween. Uh, I'm a hypocrite. That just is what it is. I, I do weird stuff. I do stuff for my kid that I won't do for nobody else. But yeah, we don't we don't do we don't do the whole witchcraft thing. And I would suggest you look into sun worship and and Tamar and um, Nimrod. Yeah, the first black king. First black ruler of the world, actually. And, uh... What else? Yeah, some worship. The winter solstice. All, all that shit. You know, you'll get into witchcraft. I guarantee you, you'll stop... The little sacrifices that they used to do, mostly involving little children, you know, all that shit. <clears throat> yeah, the, the, the Christmas is, is yeesh, yeesh. That is not a sword you really want to fall on. Not with God, anyway, but I mean, if you want to, that's all you. I mean, you celebrate all the tradition you want to, but um, that one, I would avoid. Same with Easter. It's just pretty much like a sex cult thing. It's pretty much that's what it is. A sex cult thing. Sex murder kid cult thing. But, I mean, I don't know. Even if you were to say that you don't subscribe to demons and all this other stuff, You've been worshiping them this whole time and you didn't even know. You still are, whether you want to believe it or not. We all are. In some way, shape, or form, you are messing with something, touching something, or something that's in league with demons. It's interesting, like, people don't even realize that, like, witches can cast spells on shit. And once it's in your home, whatever spell was intended to happen will happen as long as people are unaware of its existence and don't do anything to counteract it. But people are trained to not believe in the mysterious or not to trust it or 
give it any validity or place. And then you find out <laughs> later on down the road that you've got this evil thing in your house. That's how people found out about Ouija boards. It's like, all right, man. The Bible is no joke when it says we entertain angels unawares. Because we do. We do it all the time. Well, I say in closing. Um, I really appreciate all the support and I'm just I'm just happy these days that things are finally panning out been four long years of nonsense but things are finally looking up and the podcast is doing good and I really hope that I'm helping someone so if you go to church on Sundays just watch what they do and what they say and how they say it and make sure that it lines up with scripture in the King James Version. Um, strive to be more empathetic. And try to move as far away from apathy as you possibly can in all things. Trust your kids more. And have more honest dialogue with them. Try to teach them things. And see if they can teach you something. You might be surprised. And avoid people that believe the ends justify the means. Uh, try not to make snap judgments about anyone or anything until you have really looked into it. And what's a good one? I would say try to be the person that you want to see on the street. I, I man, that one I try my damnedest every day at. I try to be as friendly as I possibly can because I'm not a friendly person. So I, I would add, you know, try things that are, that make you uncomfortable, that take you out of your comfort zone. Like the other day, like I don't, I don't talk to people just randomly on the street. And a woman was walking by. I couldn't think of a single reason to talk to her other than the fact that I liked her shoes. So I was like, hey, you got some nice shoes. And she lit up like a Christmas tree and I started to blush and shit. But it was weird because then I told a dude that was walking by because I liked his hat. I was like, hey, dude, I like your hat. He's like, hey, man, thanks. I was like, yeah, I don't see many hats like that. And we had a little, little conversation out of it. It was, it, was, it was cool, you know. Like stuff like that. Go out of your way to pet a cat or look at a bird in a tree. Take a little bit of time out of the day to put your feet in some dirt and just get in touch with nature. 
Get in touch with the real real for me. Yeah, that's all I got. Love you all. Uh, God bless you. Uh, be careful out there and just do no harm, you know?